Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. Just imagine yourself, because you're not afraid of death, that you're not afraid of life. You're able to take more risks, go after your dreams, have some fun, and amazing results. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller, We Don't Die, a skeptic's discovery of life after death. And today on our show, we have Dr. Linda Salvin. Linda is a spiritual doctor, a world-renowned psychic, healer, and medium, and a 20-year award-winning radio host. A near-death experience in a plane crash started her journey as a psychic in the 80s, and since, she has helped over 75,000 people with readings, healing, mediumship, and her, her spiritual candle line called Wicks of Wisdom. Dr. Linda Salvin has, has been written about in many books and has been rated as the number six top psychic in the United States and the number nine top psychic in the world. Welcome to We Don't Die Radio, Linda Salvin. Hi, Sandra. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. My God, I sound so important. Because <laughs> you are. Yeah, and, and I just got goosebumps flooded when I was reading it. I feel like a kid You know what goosebumps mean? It's confirmation of spirit. When your angels or loved ones on the other side are confirming whatever you're thinking or doing. That's what goosebumps are, and people don't know that that's just spiritual confirmation. Oh, I love that. Did you not know that? I did not know that. Well, now you do. Yeah. It makes perfect sense because uh, yeah. so often, even in recording these episodes, uh, the guests tell their stories, and I'm really just flooded with goosebumps. And I think that's, that's when you're getting the truth. So anybody yeah. listening, when you get goosebumps, you know you're getting the truth, or you're on the right path. It's just another spiritual intervention from God, the universe, or whatever you want to call those entities out there that we're all a part of. Mm, very, very nice. So Linda, you've done a lot, and um, maybe you could just take a, uh, some time and just how. Like introduce yourself and how you got into this wonderful world because um, gosh you're up to a lot and I don't know if you've always been someone who's believed in uh, psychic stuff and healing no, I was and all the that. biggest skeptic out there are you kidding what do you mean uh, tell us tell us excuse me just so that your listeners know I am getting over this horrible summer virus so my voice yeah. is a little raspy today um I'm now uh, 61 years old when I was in graduate school at the University of Michigan I was earning my master's degree in public health epidemiology, which is the study of epidemics and diseases. Mm. So it's very scientific, statistical, anatomical, biological, all the sciences. And four years after graduate school, I had already returned to Los Angeles, where I'm a native, and I was on a company job from L.A. to San Jose, which is just south of San Francisco, and we did a job. I was working for an insurance company as an environmental health specialist, and we were at a hospital checking for ethylene oxide exposure, and ethylene oxide is the chemical used to sterilize the equipment used in um, surgery. Mm -hmm. So we told the doctors and nurses not to open this autoclave door, and of course somebody did during our testing. So we packed up, my partner and I packed up, went back to the airport early and while we were sitting in the coffee shop um i looked over at the plane sitting in the terminal and i said doesn't it look like it could crack there and he looked he goes you must be tired because he didn't see what i saw which was an ex a plane like a settlement or an exhaust fuelage line just beyond the body of the plane well an hour and a half later the plane cracked in half when we crash landed coming in for a landing to avoid collision with another plane taking off on the same runway, which, wow. of course, statistically doesn't 
exist without right. a probability of two billion to one that we all survived, and we did survive. But what happened? We came in for a landing. We uh, the landing gear was stripped, an engine fell off, and the plane cracked in half at the same spot that I had that vision. Oh, so that was the beginning of it. Right. Sliding down the ramp, which looks like a uh, river raft. Right. Um, I had a out-of-body near-death experience I became what's known as a walk-in and it's when you're going through it it's like a tunnel of air and this loud noise happens and this loud voice spoke to me and I was in the hospital for four days and I was given a message but I felt 50 feet out of my body and I had gone to a psychic about a month after that that a friend of mine suggested I see a psychic and because I was so out of my mind not knowing what had happened right and she said that I was a walk-in and a walk-in, <clears throat> which was explained to me is where you're in a near-death experience, a different soul takes over. She said, whatever entered you is a psychic. And I said, I was just in a plane crash. So she explained this whole phenomena to me, which totally made sense, and gave me a book called Strangers Among Us by Ruth Montgomery that came out in the 70s, and I read it, and I still read it. So that was the first of three. Uh, a year later, I got hit by a fire truck, and two years after oh that, I towed the car, and I had the white light experience where I was given the choice to live or die. The same tunnel happened. The white light happened. Um the same voice that spoke to me during the plane crash. Now, I hadn't recovered from the plane crash when all this other stuff happened. So the trauma and the post-traumatic stress disorder and, and, and becoming psychic and no one to talk to and therapists didn't understand. I mean, it was a very frightening, lonely, painful, depressing time. So when I finally decided, okay, God, you got something in store for me. What do you want? I started to focus more on the spiritual aspects that that's what was going to heal me. By 1991, this is now 10 years after all this trauma, right. I had an emergency surgery, Sandra, where I was, I, I needed an, an emergency hysterectomy. I was bleeding to death. Wow. I was hemorrhaging. So that led me to becoming a healer. After the surgery, all this energy poured out of my hands and my first test subject, so to speak, was a girl with personality disorders, had 26 different personalities, and I put her back into one. And her mother came in from Arizona to uh, thank me, and all this stuff happened. And But from healing people, <clears throat> after all these years of running from the psychic stuff, I started to embrace it. So from not wanting to be a psychic to embracing being a psychic to now becoming a healer, I was putting all this energy back in my body, not knowing it, because in 1996, I had the first of three surgeries to remove over 100 tumors from my hips and thighs. And during the second week of healing from that surgery, a man came to my apartment and asked for a reading. <coughs> Excuse me, everybody. Uh -huh. <coughs> and um, he asked if I could communicate with his deceased wife. I said, no, I don't do that. Well, during that session, my face contorted, some energy changed, and all of a sudden this man said, you sound like my wife, and these are things my wife would say. I became the trans medium. And what happened was this. I called a friend of mine who's now deceased. She was a psychic and a medium and sometimes to mentor me. I said, I don't know what just happened, but I started communicating with this man's dead wife. She said, well, welcome to the world of trans mediumship. You've just crossed over into the other side, and now you can talk to the dead. Well... Not only did that happen, but I was sitting at my desk wearing shorts during the summer, and I, when I would be done with something, I would just take my hands, slap my thighs, you know, and just rub my hands on my thighs and relax. Well, what I noticed was there were at least 10 scars on my thighs that were the same imprint of my hands, and it all started to come together that I was putting the energy from healing people in my hands back into my body, which might have caused these tumors hmm. because I could see the scar tissue in the shape of my hands. 
So that was the beginning of all of this coming together of the psychic, the healing, and now the transmediumship. During that time, I was chosen out of 365 people in 1994 on a large L.A. radio station to start a psychic radio program. So long before the Internet, I was starting psychic radio and FM here in Los Angeles. Very cool. So it's this whole process of trauma that opened me to becoming a psychic after the plane crash and the fire truck accident, which elevated me to another level, totaling the car, which took me to another level psychically, and then um, with the white light experience near death, so I saw the other side, healing, confusion, pain, depression, um, all of the craziness, and trying to find God, peace, and meaning. You tell the story rather quickly and I'm not 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 in a bad way but I know even with myself and my book the more you share it um the more cool and easy it is to discuss it it is it really is but if you can go back just a little bit Linda to when you first noticed the psychic channel opening up and even having it was scary I never wanted it remember I come from a scientific background when I would see people and they'd say, Linda, everything you say comes true. I mean, I would hear voices oh. that get to some place at 848, not 850, not 9 o'clock, 848. And I'd get there and a celebrity would be there. I mean, weird things would happen if I listened to this voice I never had before. And did the voice sound like your voice or was it just no, like a knowing? nothing I'd ever heard. No, not like what you normally have in your head. And we've got a committee in there. There's yeah. lots of voices in our head. This was a distinct voice I never had before. Wow. So I started listening. I started following it. I started playing with it. I started getting scared with it. Now, going through post-traumatic stress, I couldn't sleep. I would hear the plane crash. Oh, sure. I mean, it, it, it was devastating for years. It was a horrible, horrible experience, just like the vets coming back from war. Um, I finally, it took me 12 years, Sandra. I ran from being a psychic for 12 years before I embraced it. Which there was is nobody doing this back in the eighties. Yeah, oh I know. And I, I still remember all the, the psychic network when it first came out and, and remember my my <laughs> subtitle is a skeptic's discovery. So I thought anybody <laughs> coming out like that was a weirdo. Really. I tell the story that if I hadn't experienced it, I wouldn't believe it either. Man. Because I didn't believe in psychic stuff. I didn't believe in God like this. I didn't believe in talking to, to the afterlife. Um, now it, it's second nature to me. It's just a part of what has happened in the evolution of my being. And I'm here to help people. And that's, but, that's the common denominator. And it's interesting because everybody I've talked to, that's what comes out of these experiences, the need to, to help people. Linda, being as the name of the show is We Don't Die. Um, and I have a lot of listeners who, like myself, had a fear of dying. And not only mm-hmm. that, we've lost someone very close to us or maybe many people close to us and it's hard very often it's easy to get stuck in grief and stuck in that committee you know giving us our feelings of guilt or uh, of gloom no, or grief. getting chills oh well <laughs> it, it, it's it's the real deal but it is. what would you like to share as far as any why <laughs> why you believe and maybe you have a story or two to share I really that we don't die Wow, I have hundreds of stories. I 
found from that first incident in 1996 when I became the trans medium that I had a gift. And what happens to me is on the right side of my brain or my head, it gets very warm and like an antenna or a tunnel, something opens up and I start to bring in the spirit. Now, I'm not the type of medium that goes into a cluster of people in a room and say, okay, I've got somebody in a red Camaro that had an accident. And right, okay. I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ask for specifics. Um, for example, my mother passed away March 19th, 2009. Her birthday was December 11th, 1930. So I would get those two details from the client or my customer. And then that's all I need. And I'll go searching and asking for permission to bring them in. And for 30, 40, 60 minutes, I will start bringing in details of their life that only the client can relate to because of course I've never met them right so I developed a technique as to how I channel for my client in on, on the phone I rarely see people in person I don't like to see people in person if I don't have to I have done group seminars and um, I've been told that when I'm channeling a gold halos over my head white Angels are around me. Whiteness, light is around me. I go to a very high place of protection. The details that come in, whether um, the, I, I remember this one person in Chicago, a mother called in on my radio show at the time and said, why did he die? And all I said is he hung himself and he committed suicide. And immediately I had her son. She goes, oh, my God, yes, we just buried him today. Wow. Now, normally I don't bring a spirit in for 30 to 60 days because it takes that long for them to get accustomed to the other side is what I found and I don't oh. disturb them. But to know. Yeah, it's usually 30 to 45 days. I'm sorry. And um, somehow this boy was just ready to come in and I started talking to her and I said, you'll be okay. This woman is still in touch with me 18 years down the road and she's part of my book. She had booked a reading with me for a month later and I brought in her son and one of the things I said was there's an elephant, a baseball and a wagon and she and some overalls and she didn't understand what this was then she calls the show one night she goes you're not going to believe this i said try me she finds a photograph of the son's third birthday with dumbo the elephant yeah a red wagon and a basketball so the little boy was wearing overalls so what had happened in the channel is the boy gave her something to identify the truth of the reading and three weeks later while going through her mother's stuff she finds this photograph so i will get details that will be so specific to give you confirmation that i am in fact connecting with your loved one it's not difficult for me it's become second nature the one time i had a woman her husband was a doctor I said, I'm really sorry. I may have to refund your money, but all I have is this guy standing at a window chewing gum. She goes, that was my husband. We never talked. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, the man was a doctor. He was a surgeon here in L.A. <clears throat> He'd stare out the window chewing gum. He would never communicate with his wife. But that's the main image or picture or whatever you want to call it, diagnostic, that this entity would show me. And right away, as soon as we connected that way, I got into more detail. Another time. And I'm still in touch with this woman. Um, I just did two healings. She's now 79 years old, and she's got candles we'll talk about in a moment. 
she called and booked an appointment to channel a friend of hers. And I was sick as a dog with a headache. And when she called, I said, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be able to do your reading. I've had a headache. She goes, oh, you've got my friend. She died of a brain aneurysm. Hmm. Another time I was puking all over the place, Sandra, find out the person who I was about to channel that day died of stomach cancer. Another one calls, and I hadn't slept in three days. I was nervous. I was up and down. I was afraid of this reading. I don't know what it was. I've come to find out that the person who passed away had sleep apnea. Isn't that wild that you actually take on the characteristics? I take on the characteristics, and I have cut back on channeling only because sometimes I don't know what I'm going to come in contact with. You know, that's a question I have for you because you use the expression channeling and transmedium. uh I know there are mediums that don't have that experience. I mean, they see things, they verify things, like like you talk about the red Camaro and all this, but it actually sounds like the channeling is you becoming them or being in... I take on, I'm very empathic which means I become very sensitive to their emotions. For some reason, the entities, the spirits, our loved ones um, enter me, and I become very much like them so that I communicate their truest spirit to the customer, the client. And um, it's what I do. I also channel dogs and cats and turtles and fish. Oh, we want to talk about that too, because I tell you. The pets go on. Absolutely. There's grief over pet loss. There's huge grief. I think sometimes even bigger than people grief. We're We're closer to our pets and they're unconditional. But um, I, uh, I do that quite frequently because the grief of wanting to know if the cat or the dog is okay. And then I'll bring in, uh, you know, I'll get an image of what the dog looked like, like a great big, I'll say sometimes a collie or a shepherd. And it turns out it was a collie or it turns out it was a shepherd or it turns out it was a Sheltie, but it had that same kind of collar, you know, right. get close to it. Most of the time, I'm not God, <clears throat> but I do get visuals. I do hear things uh-huh. i do see things but it happens so quickly it just comes out of my mouth and what mediums have to do is hear the broken language of spirit and quickly translate to communicate it's not in english the way you and i communicate right that's wild I- i'm left just kind of a little bit stunned right now um <laughs> i had a great question i was going to ask you and it's gone <laughs> come back it'll come back you know, oh, yeah, to- I know it is. Go on. Oh, no. Um, people identify themselves maybe with the ailments and things. But uh, what I've been talking about is when we do cross over, that those ailments aren't there. Is that correct? That's true. That's true because the spirit has no body. In life, in, in, in our reality, as human beings, we suffer pain, discomfort. Yes. jealousy, resentment, betrayal. We're here to learn how to cope with all the negatives. We're here as a learning school. I always say we are in hell, and our life is to become heaven on earth, like it says in the Lord's Prayer. Now, I'm Jewish, but I've had Christ awakenings. I've seen the other side. I have Hasidic rabbis on my side. I have a Catholic theist that believes in what I do. I have men of cloth Mm -hmm. who have testified to my gift, Mm -hmm. because if God didn't want me to do this, why did I get this gift? Exactly. So that's the argument as opposed to what certain people believe in certain faiths. So I go mainstream regardless of religion, but the truth is we as human beings, same as dogs, cats, turtles, we all have souls. 
the soul moves on. You cannot cremate a soul. You can cremate a body. Right. But you cannot cremate a soul. The soul leaves at that last breath, just as when the baby takes that first breath, the soul enters the body. So even though you wonder if it's a human being during the gestation period, yes, mm -hmm. it's forming the body. But the soul enters when it hits life. There's a fine line, and I don't want to get into any controversial topics no. with politics, but there's a fine line that I have witnessed as a spiritualist as to where the soul comes and goes. So when the soul leaves, Sandra, it evolves into different classes on the other side, depending on how spiritual the person has become in this lifetime, in this incarnation, will determine the level of spirit you ascend to when you pass over. You will have your relatives or friends welcome you. That's right. Good There's news. Pets that will welcome you at the gate. There are guardian angels like 10 generations before us that we have never known, obviously, can choose to be our guardian angel. Um, people we've never met can choose from the other side to be our guardian angel. And of course, our loved ones can be our guardian angel. There's different levels of guardian angels that welcome us when we transfer over. We go to the light. Very few people really go to this dark place of what we would call hell. Mm -hmm. And channeling, out of all the years I've ever channeled, there was a time in the late 90s I was on radio, and I was syndicated in over 350 markets back then. Wow, cool, cool, cool. It's a lot of people. You are a big deal, huge deal. <laughs> and... Um, the caller came in, and he was from Chicago again, and he wanted to know what happened to his uncle mm -hmm. or cousin. And I brought in this dark, heavy, painful, ugly energy that was so heavy. The engineers took me to commercial. The screener engineer and I were dumbfounded with what was going on in the studio, as opposed to a two-minute commercial, we went four minutes, and I went back on the air, and I said to this guy, I said, I don't know what it is that your cousin or uncle did, but I don't want to touch it. It is the most negative, dark, heavy energy I've ever felt. He goes, oh, he is part of the mob. Ah, that would do it. So he had killed people. He was a nasty person. But we got. I had to shake this thing off. I wouldn't go there. Mm -hmm. So if there's really a dark place for certain people that really do dark things, I would have to say, yes, there is that place. 99.9% .9 of the people I have dealt with in 15 years or more, I would, no, it's actually 19 years of channeling now. I forget where we are. Um, 19 <laughs> years of channeling, I have always been able to bring in a customer or a client's friend or loved one. And they always have something to say. They will always come through sometimes with jokes. So I always have people have Kleenex and paper so you can take yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, You know, because there's a connection, there's communication, and there's closure. That's beautiful because I know some people... Um have not they've gone to a medium and may not either get the answers they're looking for or get that connection and i think that is a real medium and that's something i want everybody to know say Since more about that when i got involved with all of this there was nobody to talk to right 
And I, there was a prophetess who's probably deceased now who used to say out of a million people on the planet, maybe 500,000 are really truly gifted. Not everybody's a medium, they think they are. Not everybody's communicating, they think they are. Not everybody's psychic. Everybody's intuitive, right. but not everybody's psychic. You cannot have that many people on the planet who are really psychic and medium because everybody has to be out doing other things to balance karma, whether you're the hairdresser, talk show host, trash collector, food processor, CEO of a bank. We have certain gifts, but... You will know when you're with a charlatan who's working too hard to try to connect versus those of us. Like mine, as I said, came through trauma. I did not go out looking for this. Right. This is not what I signed up to do that I know of. It's amazing how um, even, like, I didn't sign up for this. I mean, I'm a chef by trade. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this was not my area in in the way it's all turned out evolved is the word that it's just like so i am the the perfect person because i didn't believe and you know it it, and i just i have my story and i love to talk to new guests and let me just back up a little bit um well two things one you talk about guardian angels that are with us when we cross over transition die whatever you want to call it but do we have them during our life absolutely Absolutely. There's guardian angels. They just, I have explained to people, they can't put money in the bank. They can sometimes intervene and say, here's the new love interest, you know, because I, I look at it as, is it God or is it odd? Is it odd? Or is it God? A coincidence is God acting anonymously. God's rejection is God's protection. You know, I, I look at the universe in a very metaphysical manner. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's my mom intervening or if it's my aunt, I lost my aunt six years before my mom and I lost my grandmother um, probably 10 years before my mom passed away. And I know all three of them are around me. And I watch for signs. Like I asked my aunt the night she was dying, I said, give me a sign so I know it's you. She said, watch for pine cones. So every time I walk my dog, I look for pine cones on the ground because there's this one tree that has pine cones. Yesterday, I found three attached to one branch. So mm-hmm. I said, there's mom, grandma, and Dorothy. Aww. And I, I brought it home. <clears throat> so I look at that as a sign. The guardian angels, sometimes I can almost feel angel wings of love in bracing me when I'm very scared, upset, or nervous. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, I and I'm not afraid to say this, I hit my knees almost every morning, and I thank God for my day, and I say a little prayer. And before I go to bed at night, I cannot fall asleep until I say, good night, Mom, good night, God. There's a little ritual. And no matter how tired I am or how wound up I am, mm-hmm. as soon as I say that, I'm out, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up. That's so sweet. And I encourage everybody to just say, good night, God, good night, David, good night, Baba, whoever. <laughs> now, and watch how your body relaxes and become attuned to the universe. They hear us. They watch us. I don't think they're, they're, they're there when we're having sex. I think there is some privacy. But um, they play bridge. They play drums. I am in touch with a former rock star through cool. the Ouija who used to channel through me constantly after he died and get messages and they're playful there's colors that we can't imagine we I have a colorful that. planet but the colors there are even more intense there's life after life there's books written about it mm-hmm. there's doctors that have 
hypnotized their patients and written about it. They're, the soul goes on, and even though, and I myself at one point was very fearful of dying when I became aware, like, oh, my God, I'm this, this thing, and I'm going to die. Right. And it can be a very scary obsession about dying. And like you say in your introduction, become more into living and not fearing the dying death process. We all come here to live and learn lessons. Mm -hmm. Not all of us do it right. There's many, many mistakes I've made. I've got many regrets. But if I sit and regret everything, I won't get anything done. And you learn everything. You learn things from those events. I mean, it's hard if you're in the midst of something really painful right now or some tragedy to see that a gift but you know a few years down the road looking back I mean it's out of the storm and it starts to make sense it does start to make sense and the gift you can be to other people based on your loss or your hardships and your growth I mean is tremendous um I wanted to you know threaten suicide yeah They, they um are in so much pain and grief over the loss of a mother a son a father, a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, drug overdose, car accidents, suicides. I've heard and seen it all, and I channel these people. How about those people, Linda, if we can just get to them? Because I've had... The client or the spirit? The spirit. Are, where, are, are they okay? People that they're have had fine. a... They're fine. If they weren't okay, just so that I can communicate this, I wouldn't be able to channel. I wouldn't have a session. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't bring them in... Like I said, the the one from the mob was the only negative thing I'd ever really experienced other than the guy chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> there's words and there's detail, and it may take five or ten minutes to really warm up because I'm not. A, it's not like you plug something into the wall and right. you've got electrical current. It's a process. I'm a true medium, so give me a few moments of chit-chat with you, and all of a sudden I'll have cigarette smoke around me, perfume, cologne, a wagging tail. Um, <laughs> I love uh, the wagging tail. Yeah, a green convertible from 1965. Oh, my God, that was my dad's car. Something significant will start to reveal itself. Yeah, life and, um, it as, goes on. At life as a human being can be heavy, hard. The committee that you talked about, the th- things that go through our mind, not to mention our chemical makeup and, you know, I don't know, too much we have about biochemical makeups. We have addictive problems. Oh we yeah, it's it's tough. Problems. We have drug problems, alcohol problems, relationship problems, shopping problems, um, smoking problems. Yeah. We have financial when it comes to work. It's all about how to get along, and to become spiritual. More the more spiritual you become now in life, the easier it is to transfer over to learn your lessons in the next life. That's what it's all about. Hey, I've got a new practice since I started um, recording these shows. Can I share it with you? Sure. It's really awesome. And I don't know if you felt this or not, but many people that have had the near-death experiences tell me that they have what's called a life review. And not only do they experience what's happened in the past, but they do it at record speed. But many of them have said they see it and experience it from the other person's perspective. Have you heard of this? Excuse me. No, I have not, but I can qualify one thing you said. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, When I was in the plane crash, it was a Boeing 737. So it was a large plane, 109 people on the Mm -hmm. plane. And, um, 
when we were crash landing, we went from the pavement to the grass, and I looked, I held both men's arms. I was in the middle of two people. I said, oh, my God, we're going to die. And everything from my preschool days up through that moment in time flashed before my eyes. So it was like a movie right. film that was out of control, and I saw my whole life. So when you are in a near-death experience, it is true. You will time travel. Your brain goes very quickly, and you review your life. You see who you were. And then you become who you become. You can't help it. I don't know why that phenomena happens. Oh, I think it's great. I do. And but what I wanted to share about, and this this is a goosebumpy thing for me, <laughs> is that I have heard, and I, I know no two near-death experiences are like, and you know we're different people. Like there's no two snowflakes that are the same. I don't think anybody who's had a near-death experience has the same. But many people have said they see their actions and the impact of their actions from other people's perspectives. And not as a make wrong, and there's nobody saying hell for you and heaven for you, but really to get the impact that you've had on people well, in this lifetime. the spiritual change that I'm trying to convey. Yes. That when you become more loving, accepting, um, balanced, harmony, um, have more unconditional love as opposed to self-righteousness, greed, guilt, shame, fear, um, negativity a lot of us batter each other a lot of us are competitive with one another a lot of us are um trying to outsmart one another a lot of us deliberately hurt somebody because of jealousy and resentment right. you know a lot of those emotions dissipate through time as we become more spiritual mm-hmm. we become more un- we become more forgiving Instead of self-righteous, we become more unconditionally loving and accepting as opposed to having to be right. Well, yeah, and this is what I was getting to. I for My yeah. new practice is if I have to relive this experience, um, I want it to be the best now. So I, I was very judgmental sometime this past week about somebody, and I was upset and I almost felt like I wanted not like I'm a vengeful person but yeah, it's like revenge. I understand yeah. that. that's a normal reaction and then I took a moment and I said what's the lesson to learn here and maybe it's forgiveness because from that person's point of view whether you call it a young soul or whatever um, they did all they knew to do from whatever their committee in their mind was telling them so I just took a minute to back off and I'm like let's practice forgiveness and right. and it is kind of cute because it's like if I have to relive this over again and take it from their point of view, you know, like where do I really want to be? So well, it's like spiritually, you always look at your side of the street mm-hmm. and try to do the best you can and make amends and apologize, even if people don't want to hear it. Like a friend of mine for forty five years hung up on me because I raised my voice, hmm. and I was she was pushing buttons. And I've known this gal since high school, right? And I called back three times. She kept hanging up on me. And that's immature right. after 45 years. So on her birthday this month, I called her, no, I texted her, and I said, do you, I said, happy birthday, thanks for your memory, blah, blah, blah. I said, do you want to get together and talk? She goes, no, I'm not ready. I'm like, you know, screw this. I don't have time for that. And that's her lesson. And if that's how judgmental or how unforgiving she wants to be, then I don't need it in my life. And I've actually, Sandra, been happier and calmer and more myself without her drama in my world. Even though I wanted to go back, I made the attempt. She's the one keeping the door shut, but it's also her process of whatever her issues are. And she, her, she, 
people think that they're that they're always right and that they don't know how to make amends. Mm-hmm. You learn to make amends. You learn to apologize and clean up your side of the street. I attempted communication, and then she says, "I'm not ready." I already know if she decides to come back, I don't want her in my life. You then have a choice: Do you need this? It's not always I am the bad one. I'm the guilty one. I'm the shameful one. We learn to become more strong, courageous, faithful. If you don't have faith and you don't have courage and you don't have balance and you don't have peace and you don't have forgiveness, you're not living a spiritual life. And I'm not talking religion. It's just normal virtue. Mm-hmm. The, oh, you're a breath of fresh air. And not to say that this woman can't have a transformation and come to you genuinely apologetic and being a new person so you never know you take it right but it's still the experience that i could identify with with in relation to what you were talking about yeah and just concrete example and if i personally practice what i preach that we don't die um you know sometimes amends happen sometimes they don't and in the big picture um we will meet up and be able to chit chat about this, you know, so as long as each one of us can go to bed at night, knowing we did all we can do. I mean, it's, we, we don't have, we can't change other people's thoughts. We can't change their minds. And it may not be for us to do that, but for us to, it's all karma. It's all past life. So we've been through these relationships in the past before we incarnated talking about life after death, we incarnate, <clears throat> to come back again to do it right. Like I was born in 1954, but I probably lived during the Holocaust in the 40s because mm-hmm. I have memory of it. I have memories of the uh, Renaissance era in the 1700s. I have had boyfriends through time that were familiar, but I didn't go through the past life regression at that time because it wasn't a part of my vocabulary back then. But mm-hmm. I know now that we all have walked in what I call soul circles before and we come and we have the elongation of those relationships some are just high school some are through um midlife some are through the entire life i've got one friend i've had since seventh grade very nice now i've had others that have come and gone through life whether it's work school or whatever and we go through chapters and phases but we've all come together at some point in life because we've done it before. You can meet someone and know immediately you've got companionship, or you can meet someone and immediately know you've got disdainment for them. You just like, ugh, get away. Because your soul has memory. The soul has lived before. We reincarnate. We choose our parents to live and learn lessons. We choose bodies to learn lessons. Hmm. We- How about that? (laughs) Yeah, we choose bodies to learn lessons, whether we have a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, a food addiction, a gambling addiction, um, self-worth, self-esteem, dysmorphia issues. You know, am I pretty? I'm not pretty. I'm fat. I'm not fat. Am I average looking? Look at what society says in the magazines. I mean, there's all this fake stuff out there that we have to learn to accept who we are. I just wrote a song called Love Who Who You Are. I can send it to you. I would love that. um, you might want to play it on the show. It'll help people understand, you know, regardless of gender, sex, race, religion, we're all human beings and we all have souls and we all are striving to learn, grow, and expand. We all have some form of shock. We all have some form of grief. We all have some form of loss. And if we haven't had it because we're young, it will eventually catch up. Nobody gets out of here without pain. Nobody. Nobody has an easy life. It looks like they're doing it easily. No, but but inside is a different story. Hey, I want to touch on something else because you are a psychic. Um, 
how what's my even question what the heck do you tap into where you can actually see the future like how is that possible you know what i'm asking yes you want to know about the clairvoyance of a human being and the gift and how i can give a prediction to somebody that comes to me about a love life question a work question or whatever so i have a testimony that recently was posted on facebook Mm -hmm. and i and and um a girl who i've been reading since she was a teenager she's now in her 30s um posted that what I told her would happen about a year ago about a job situation that she would slide into another position and that they were going to let her go for financial purposes, not personal reasons. And that's exactly what happened. And um, how do I know? I get a clairvoyant, which means to see in my brain, I see something, but also in my gut, I can feel timing. Most readers cannot read time, meaning a time frame. If I say August, September, October, somewhere in that time, the guy will show up, the girl will show up, they break up, they file for divorce, they get the new job, they go into escrow, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have an innate gift to tell time, which most readers are six years off. Wow. Six months off. Okay. It's six days off, six weeks off. Right. My timing comes in very accurately. So there's clairvoyant where you see, there's clairaudient where you hear, and there's clairsentient where you feel mm-hmm entities energy or whatever some people see a movie in their mind some people see colors and images some people um see the visual someone can ask me about a house they're going to buy and i will describe the dwelling it happens so quickly with me that it's not like i'm conscious of oh my brain sees two fireplaces on (laughs) case and three bedrooms it's just it goes it's become so second nature sandra maybe 20 years ago i was a lot slower yeah i don't even remember all i remember is that when i was going through what i call the initiation of becoming a psychic a healer and a medium it was scary was painful i didn't understand it i was stumbling i was scared i was depressed i was overwhelmed um i still get insecure like am i doing the right job Mm -hmm. am i saying the right thing um will they find this house is this really their uncle who i'm channeling sure i'm human of course you are i just have a gift but now is the future engraved in stone or do we have free will it's both. I definitely believe in fate, okay. that it's predestined, that we are born with an imprinted blueprint of what we're supposed to do, and the soul knows, but most of us don't listen to our intuition, and okay. most of us are told by parents, and we compete with kids at school. We're not always on our own path. Not everybody follows that inner guide. To learn how to trust that inner voice is really what it's all about. Then you can be your own guide and bringing in God. But a lot of people don't understand God and how that's different from free will. There's God's will. Mm -hmm. This universe definitely has a plan. I obviously started out one way. The universe had a different plan for me. And maybe that plan was to take me into helping people in a different manner than I was deciding to walk in in whatever direction I was going in. The um, way that I teach people about God's will versus your will is I read a poem. Do I still have you? Yeah. I'm just on the edge of my seat is all. Okay. 
there's a poem called God Are You Real? Okay. And I read this on my show for many, many years. And it says, the child whispered, God speak to me. And a meadowlark sang. The child did not hear. So the child yelled, God speak to me. And the thunder rolled across the sky, but the child did not listen. The child looked around and said, God, let me see you. And a star shone brightly, but the child did not notice. And so the child shouted, God, show me a miracle. And a life was born, but the child did not know. So the child cried out in despair, touch me, God, let me know you are here. Whereupon God reached down and touched the child, but the child brushed the butterfly away and walked away unknowingly. So if we watch for signs of the universe and we trust what's going on inside, like I watch for butterflies all the time as a wink from God to let me know I'm on the right path. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I'm not doing God's will, I get in trouble. Things slow down, business goes wrong, relationships fail or whatever, or we're in a Mercury retrograde, things are removed, things are replaced, whatever. Things happen. I've learned to watch the universe. The thugs out there, the drug dealers, the drug addicts, the people who need help, they don't have a spiritual concept. Right. They have lessons to learn. They are doing their will, which is against God's will, but somebody's doing the darkness, and a lot of them get found, recovered, Uh insight, whatever, and then they put their lives together. There's those who are still going against God's will who call people like you and me because they're so distraught. They don't understand how they got so depressed. I have an innate gift to take that picnic basket of life, show them in a very short period of time, in a matter of 10 minutes, you need this, this, and this. You go this way, this way, that way. This is how things will go. You start following this direction, you're going to be happier. And that's been my gift. God's will for me was to help people by putting me through all this trauma that we've been talking about. I was chosen for whatever reason to walk a different path to help more people channel the other side, give them comfort, closure, let them know the dog is okay, their sister's okay, or whatever. And to answer your question, when giving predictions because I have a gift of timing, I can usually say when something's going to happen. I don't know that the job's going to come through. I don't know that the house is going to go in escrow. I, sometimes it doesn't happen. I'm not perfect, and I always say I'm not God. Right. People can look into a different direction and find a different house. It's okay. He, one girl called me just last week said, we found the house that you told Chris and me we would find, but we don't really like the neighborhood. I said, that's okay. They found another house, but I, at least they found what I saw, so they're on the right path spiritually that what I saw exists. Now they can choose, do you want this or do you want something else? You're not going to be punished if you don't live in that house. Yeah. Yeah. There is something so empowering by either having a reading or sometimes listening to your radio show or mine or reading a book or taking a course. And, you know, as a human being, we eventually learn and get smarter and grow. And, you know, very often I hear that people right before they go into an operation, they have fear and they have regret and all that. It's huge. Oh, huge. So if we can insert, whether it's a reading or listening to a show or reading a book or something that can get people on their path, right? you know, that's, that's a huge gift. And opening um, the mind, opening the heart, knowing that there's something more than the cognitive brain thought process gives us. Yeah. Because most of us don't have spirituality. Mm -hmm. When I was in college, Sandra, 
my bachelor's is in health education. And the one thing I remember is a definition of health, which is the state of mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being, mm -hmm. and not merely the absence of disease. Wow. They never talked about the spiritual aspects. After all the accidents, <coughs> I thought, what am I going to do? And I, I thought of different careers, but I started remembering the definition of health. And here I was opening up spiritually. And when I was in the, when I totaled the car, I don't usually talk about this. I had the white light experience when I totaled the car. I, I, I T-boned a Pinto in a, on a rainy night where all the wow. lights were out in an intersection. And as my car spun out, the white light went from my head into the ceiling of my car, into the heavens, and this loud voice said, you can come with us now or stay and do, and I was given a message. Mm -hmm. Then the paramedics came to get me out of the car, and I got out and stood up on the street, and I said, they want me off the planet, they want me off the planet, because here was four years of trauma. My brain felt like a cookie, a pie cutter had been placed on it, and my head was chopped into four distinct mm -hmm. areas, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. I saw the four centers of my mind. It was weird. Then I was taken to UCLA Hospital and called people, another accident, oh my God. But it opened me up again, and it took me on this journey that I've been doing for 21 years now. Wow. That's a far cry. I was a secretary in an entertainment industry when the accident happened. Hmm. And we all have, like, a, like, the universe has a plan for you. I mean, some people... We all do, but most people can't tap into it. Right. But they call me, so what's my purpose? We're all here to love. We're all here to learn. Mm -hmm. Your purpose is inside you. It might be to be, write music. It might be to write a book. It might be to just help somebody. It might be go volunteer in a cancer ward for children. Yeah. Go rescue a dog. It might be to just be a nicer person to people. Yeah, and what your purpose is right now or what you think it is and the path you're on, something else could open up. And it's Look what happened to you from cooking. I I know. Lightning. Yeah, exactly. Mean your purpose is to become the next environmentalist, going to Washington to be a lobbyist no. or starting another Peace Corps. It doesn't mean something big and monumental. It can be as much as just stop smoking. Yeah. Yep. Stop self-destructing. Mm -hmm. and you uh, just never know I mean even as little as a smile could be exactly. <laughs> you, you know that could brighten somebody's day and how many stories have I've heard of small deeds that have prevented someone from killing themselves you know so you don't that, ha I mean people go through, spiritual people go through torture trying to figure out what their purpose is and their plan I'm looking at the time now Linda and what I want to go into is just some of the things that light you up and what you're up to now as far as um your readings that you do. I want to hear about the candles and and who right. are you now for the planet and, and also how okay. people can get in touch with you because I think Absolutely. that's important. Okay, first of all, um, the way I can be reached, I have a toll-free voicemail, which is 888-509-1077. That's 508, uh, 
888-509-1077 or just click on lindasalvin.com l-i-n-d-a-s-a-l-v-i-n.com and you'll hear old radio shows you'll see my background and experience you'll see my prices and whether you want a reading a healing a channeling session an email or whatever and then there's a candle line called wicks of wisdom all of this evolved from the story i've been telling sandra and you from the 80s when I first opened up as a psychic, getting into radio in 1994. And I had my own show from 1994 to 2009 when I was on CBS radio and then when terrestrial radio, which means FMAM, started Mm -hmm. to change and really become Internet dominant. I have my own radio station, but I never really moved forward to the podcasting area. And it was also at that time my mom died. So I lost my show in January of 09 and my mom in March of 09. And wow. to start a new show was not my thing at the time. Yeah, the, I think I get it. Yeah. The grief was so intense for three years. It took me three years to get over the loss of my mom. Mm. But through all of the readings and healings and channeling sessions that I did from 1991 through 1999 on radio i was trained in candle magic what is candle magic what is candle magic (laughs) it goes back three to five thousand years it's in kabbalah really okay yes it's in kabbalah one day i was doing kabbalah and i said to the rabbi look it's candles he goes linda it comes from somewhere i didn't make it up i was trained by a family here in los angeles that has been using a formula for three thousand years in their heritage and I uh, was scared of it, but I wanted to open up a boyfriend who <laughs> wasn't as communicative as I wanted. So I found <laughs> this man and I did this candle on him and the guy started talking so much. It's like I wanted to shut him up because the candles worked. And I had tried. I dabbled in other people's candle magic and nothing ever happened. And I was scared. Oh, my God. I was so intimidated and scared. And if I was doing voodoo or what is Oh, it? of course. It sounds but like black magic. Out, yeah. There's a religious, spiritual thing that happens, and I realized after doing the readings of people, like you asked, people want to know about love life, career, finances, health, health, um, people on the other side, animals, uh, the path they're on. Everybody has the same question, just in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I thought people want more than just answers. So the candles give people an opportunity to spiritually participate in your own alchemy and process. So the candles that I offer... We have three per set. There's a group or formula of essential oils, herbs, and powders that are given to you. We've done, I've done all the research. You get the product and you do it yourself. We send instructions. So you put the herbs and oils in these uh, powders in a candle. Then there's a petition that gets written and it's burned in the, in the flame. And the flame is, they say, let there be light. So the flame is God. You're giving your wish and need to the universe. And the universal consciousness goes out and works on the energy <clears throat> combined with the essence and aroma that is specifically dedicated to these certain oils because there's, ever, there's over 22 elements that make each oil, whether it's bark and leaf and oil from a certain um, tree or whatever that make up each formula. And in your mind, if you think chocolate chip cookies, tacos, and cheesecake, you've got three different recipes, three different outcomes, and three different flavors. Right. Two desserts and a meal, a a dinner. You're not going to put cream cheese that I know of in your tacos. You might. You're not going to put chocolate chips in 
the tacos. You're not going to put hamburger meat in your chocolate chips. So you're not going to confuse the recipe or the formula we are giving you for your intention. Um, I've had people heal from cancer. I have had people burn candles and after two sets of candles become the number one real estate agent in their company because of the sales. I've had people remove blocks and negativity where they were so stuck in negativity that they felt cursed that they could breathe and move forward and things would start happening, unlocking doors. Um, We have money and success power to bring in money, success, pass your MedCat exams when you're applying for med school or to pass your brokerage exam when you're going for a brokering license. Uh, We have people buying houses. We have people going into escrow, um, removing negativity, love, big one. We have soulmate power, love, which is when you're in a relationship, you burn these candles, it intensifies what's there or fixes what's broken. Or if you want to meet somebody new, we have soulmate power attract where you bring in the right type of soulmate for your essence rather than saying i just want to meet a guy well you can meet someone who's married who's a plumber (laughs) who's um or one had um a guy who was a pilot married and never in town well you didn't get specifics so if you Mm -hmm. want somebody emotionally available who's really available for you i've had people do eight sets of candles on average it doesn't happen overnight and get married because we find their true soulmate. It's really cool. I, I mean, I think how, like, my it's skeptical mind is saying, well, like, oh, come on. I was skeptical. <laughs> but, I am the biggest skeptic with all this till I experienced it and found spiritual work is real. Yeah, and I think, like you said in the beginning, we all have this committee, these voices talking to us, and even our listeners know most of the time it's not empowering stuff. And we are in such a magical world when we really look at because things. the third dimension is deceiving and nobody talks about the spiritual yeah dimension. and so i i actually think it's fun before um you and i spoke linda i actually was on your website and i ordered a set of the health candles because you know <laughs> our listener knows that i'm always complaining that you know i'm dealing with overeating or whatever but it it's just you know you just never know and i mean i've witnessed i have witnessed miracles and i i don't know myself why I uh still deal with the same thing and I you know it really resonated past life yeah part of it's past life part of it's biochemical part of it is you're allergic to carbs and sugars which I'll explain to you when you buy the when you get your candles (laughs) okay change everything but it really resonated with me image your image of yourself yeah Part of it is holding on to old emotion. A lot of it's fear of intimacy. It's a lot of stuff that the overweight or the overeater confronts in fear. False evidence appearing real. Right. And also learning to love myself just as I am. Because it's it's true. You know, the men still find me hot. So, you know, it's me that doesn't, (laughs) right? So... Anyways, Linda, what... I think you need soulmate power. <laughs> One thing at a time. One yeah. thing at a time. You know, the candles work like a prescription for your soul. I yeah. own the trademark on that. And when people call me at 888-509-1077, I can explain which candles are best to burn. And just know that it's going to be a process. Each candle takes about three to seven days to burn. So it takes a few weeks to do the ritual. And little by little, things will start changing. I wouldn't have done this for so many years if it didn't work. But... The readings, the healings, the channelings, the candles, it's all to improve ourselves. And it's all like a flashlight down the path. And the candles just help accelerate a lot of things that are blocked and, 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 and need work on. But the readings give you insight and hope and the healing. 
which we didn't touch upon, um, removes blocks and obstacles from the body where we lodge our old emotions in the cells, bones, uh, tissues, and uh, organs of our body. And I release a lot of the pain, grief, guilt, molestation, whatever's happened, abuse, mm-hmm. and put in love, unconditional love, and, the, and, the, and, and a peace starts to evolve after about seven days. So there's different ways to help the human being. And I've heard it all. There's nothing to be afraid of. You're no different. It's just your experience. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, really, huh. truly, with all the billions that have ever walked this planet. I'm so gonna... our time is coming to the to an end, my dear. Is there any final thoughts or something that you want to share? I just like to have people watch for the butterflies on their journey, like the poem I read earlier. It, 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 know that there is a God. Know that there is a spirit. Know that you are connected to the universe. Some days you just have to go outside and hug a tree and look at the sky being blue and notice that the leaves are green. Sometimes you've got to get out of the past because most of us live in the past, regret the past, can't seem to be free of certain haunts, whether it's friendships, mm. relationships, loss. But the more you stay in the moment the more you'll see what's going on right now. And there really is a spiritual side to you that needs to be tapped, unlocked, and embraced. Yeah, that's beautiful. Linda, thank you. Thank Thank you for being our guest today. And to our listener, I want to remind you to visit wedontdieradio.com where you can actually see what the beautiful Linda Salvin looks like. And again, her her website, you are my dear, her website is lindasalvin.com, L-I-N-D-A-S-A-L-V-I-N.com. Calm. And also, I want to invite everybody, if this show or one of our past shows has made a difference for you, please email. email email me sandra at sandrachamplain.com works but also um if you go to we don't die radio.com and you click on one of the episodes just on the very bottom you can leave a, a facebook review or a post or if you're itunes friendly and you can go to itunes and leave a review and a rating it really helps um as much as i love the show and i'm sure linda's enjoyed being here it takes neutral parties it takes you the listener to just share it via twitter twitter or linkedin or whatever just to say hey this made a difference for me because you never know who is your friend in the virtual world or in the real world that is suffering from grief we go through our lives and our pain is very often hidden from our face and just by sharing it could really make a difference so and thank to you let for people that. know there's no fear in dying the fear is in the process of dying but when you know that you're going to be received by another loved one you'll be okay you'll see your pets again you'll see your relatives again some you don't want to see but they're there (laughs) you're so funny but it's true and what a what a great way to live life if you're not afraid of dying not being afraid of living knowing that this life is for you and in the words of neil donald walsh i'm sure you've heard this one before linda Mm -hmm. but it's life begins at the end of your comfort zone and it really takes taking a risk or doing something new to have a new result so i invite all of us today to take a new action or do something new and stir up the universe and have some fun in the process so this is sandra champlain i do believe with all my heart that life is an education for our souls and that your life here on earth is important so thank you for listening and we'll see you soon Mm -hmm.